Welcome to the She Leads Period Podcast. And it's your girl, Tamara. You already know we are here to show and help and assist you in leading in all aspects of life because. If you're just tuning in and this is your first time, uh, you know, taking a little dip in the She Leads Period podcast uh, episode, you're going to find out you are a leader. Yep, you. It doesn't matter what background, your ethnicity, your gender, where you come from, you are a leader. But today... I want to talk to you about leading as a wife, a wifey, okay? For those of you who are like, well, Tamara, I'm not booed up yet. It's okay. I still want you to listen in because I'm going to be dropping some jewels on you that I wish somebody would have told me um, in marriage number one, okay? (laughs) So you get to learn and glean from my mistakes. And so one of the things I was thinking about was major. I got my first marriage, I got married at the age of 19. Yeah, very, very young. I do not recommend that <laughs> um, because you just you, you got a lot more developing to do. And I think you need to discover yourself as a woman first um, before you can go into that next role of being a wife. Um, so being married at 19 in the first marriage, um, Obviously, we were young. I believe he was 21 at the time. And we would argue over little things like who ate my peanut butter cup, who left the dish in the sink. But it became more aggressive. It became more combative and unhealthy. And so I am the only girl in my family uh, out of four brothers. Right. I'm the only girl. So just know. I was a little rough around the edges and I would make the mistake of telling him to shut up when he got on my nerves. If he would say something stupid, I would say, shut up. Um, He would we would be in the heat of a battle. My body language would say, shut up. Um, And if he went any further, I might even say, shut the up. Um, I'm just going to be very transparent. 19 years old. And I really wish that somebody would have told me that that's just not how a wife leads in her home, right? Um, I didn't know who I was. I didn't understand my value. Like I said, I believe you need to develop as a woman first before you try to jump into the next role of being a wife. But that was a hard lesson to learn because what I didn't realize until years later that at that moment, that first shut up, put him on the defense against me for the remaining of our marriage. And we were married for about 10 years. So could you imagine 10 years and me always having to defend myself because I put him on defense with one phrase, shut up, right? But I felt like I was defending myself. Now this little episode here, It's going to change your life. I'm here to help you grow. I'm here. um, I've done some research for you. I want to give you some tools so that you can lead as a wife. Um, That doesn't mean we're subservient. That didn't mean that he didn't need to shut up. (laughs) That's not what I'm not. I'm not saying that. Right. He needed to shut up. He really did need to be quiet. He was verbally abusive. It got into that. But it was how I allowed my posture to change and who I was to change because I didn't know how to lead as a wife. And I'm going to help unearth some things. Maybe some of you are already putting this into practice. Holy Spirit's already been nudging you about, hey, don't do this or start doing that. I just want to add some confirmation to that or even help 
paint a roadmap a little clearer. So if you're not even booed up, I want you taking notes. I want you to re-listen to this podcast, send it to all your single friends, um, because we want to know our role as a wife in that. And if somebody would have told me, little gal, because I was 19, <laughs> if you don't stop telling this grown man to shut up, that's not the way you need to communicate. And that does not... Um, promote your authority as a wife, it actually diminishes it because a wife has a certain posture. A wife has a certain authority that her presence carries. Who I felt that. And if we are relying on forcing our way and fighting for something that's already rightfully ours, once you say I do, um, then you're not leading as a wife. You're really leading as a little girl and little girls get ignored. (laughs) Little girls get put on the side. Little girls, um, you know, get punished, little girl, all of these different things. So we don't want to ever come from that role. Uh, we want to lead as a wife. So that was my horror story um, <laughs> from the first marriage that I wish somebody would have told me. You carry so much more weight as a wife. Your presence alone does. There are certain graces and things that you have that can help navigate the home. Um, and as we get into that, you're really going to see, wow, I carry so much power and so much weight. And we're going to break up some stereotypes because again, in the black and brown culture, there are stereotypes. Um, the black woman is angry, so she's a controlling wife. Um, the the Latino uh, woman or wife is subservient. Um, the uh, Caucasian wife is stereotyped as needy, and her husband has to think for her and do everything. And we know that those things are not true. That's why they're stereotypes. They're false narratives. We see them portrayed in movies. We see them portrayed um, in all areas of society, entertainment, you know. Um, and this is what we have literally adopted into our own family cultures, not even realizing it. But today we want to bust up the myth. We want to karate chop it. If I could, I would Jackie Chan it in the throat. Boom, I would hit it because it's literally causing some of us to have unnecessary warfare in our marriages just because we don't understand how to lead as a wife. And we're going to talk about it, but not this episode, even as you're single and you're trying to position yourself to be a wife, you want to know where you stand and how to stand, right? Um, but we don't want to tell them to shut up. So if you don't take anything else, don't tell your future husband or your husband to shut up. It's just out of character for you. Um, And not that they might not need to shut up, but that's just not what we want to say. There's a different way we can go about communicating. It's time to stop talking to me like that. Right. So let's go ahead and get into this leading as a wife. One of the questions um, that one of our viewers, our listeners uh, posed is how do you lead as a wife? And that's such a great question, because, again, the stereotype is wives are subservient or under the husband. So that's the first myth I want to Jackie Chan. Hit it in the throat, right? Because it's false. It's fake. It's not real. The wife is a co-leader. She is not one of the children. She's not a step above the children, but underneath the husband, she is a co-leader. When you see this in the Bible, people going to argue all of the, the points. Eve was pulled out of the rib. That's the middle part of the man. He never, Adam wasn't in control of her. She was actually able to talk to the serpent. She was actually had free reign. She could make up her own mind. She could make decisions. We see this. She 
clearly made the decision to eat the apple, right? That's neither here nor there. But what we need to highlight is that she had freedom of thought. She had freedom of opinion and she could bring suggestions to the table. If it was for her to be subservient, she would have asked Adam's permission to talk to the serpent. She would have asked Adam's permission to eat the apple. So why everyone tries to look at it and do the blame game, we miss the point. Adam and Eve were co-leaders. She said, hey, honey, eat this. He didn't say, woman, did you ask my permission? No, but she understood her role and her authority as a co-leader in the union, right? So again, you're not subservient. You're a co-leader. Now, when I say co-leader, um, some of you, I can already see you high-fiving, you air high-fiving in your car, you snapping your fingers, you saying, I knew it, I knew it. And you ready to go and tell him or, you know, whoever, uh, wherever he is, you're ready to go tell him off, right? No, 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 no. That's, I'm co-leader, there's a mutual respect. And we'll get into one of the examples that I thought about. I used to play basketball um, many, many years ago. And you have a point guard and you have what you call a shooting guard or the number one position and the number two position. They are interchangeable. You do not have a good point guard. A point guard is that person who is dribbling the ball down the court. They're the one distributing the ball to the other players. And they're usually at the top of the key, right? However, a good shooting guard is always a good point guard because they interchange depending on what's needed in the play. So if a shooting guard is quicker than the person that's guarding him, the a wise point guard would throw the ball and switch positions with the shooting guard. Why? Because they're co-leading the team. The point guard is not over everybody. No, that's not his role. His role is to make sure that he reads the court and makes the best decisions that's going to allow the team to win. And him and the shooting guard are able to trade off spots. So when you look at it, I want you to look at your marriage as those two roles. The point guard is not in charge of the shooting guard and the shooting guard doesn't have to remain the shooting guard only. There will be times, ladies, as you're leading as a wife that you will have to step up. You will have to step up and make suggestions. You have to step up and say, hey, I don't think that that's a good idea for our family. And here's why um, you're going to have to step down and say, hey, I'm letting um, I'm allowing you to lead. We took my suggestion last time. It's about co-leadership and leading as a wife. You are going to have to lead by setting the expectations for the family. Wives are like they set the temperature in the home. My husband has a saying, a happy wife, happy life. And I laugh because that means he's giving me what I want. And I'm like, babe, I don't want you to always just give me what I want. I want your opinion. And he's like, no, when you're happy, the kids are happy. The dog is happy. You know, everything seems to go smooth. But when you're upset, everybody knows you're upset and it changes the whole dynamics in the home. So wives, we are going to lead. Even if you're a single woman, hear me, you're setting environment. So you have to be very conscious of what environment you're setting. If you want to come home and have a relaxing day, don't come home with the attitude. You set the temperature. That's how you're going to lead. We're thinking leadership has to uh, means I'm always in control and everyone is listening to me. That's not a leader. And if you're like, but that's what I think leader is, you need to go back and watch the other episode where we break down what a real leader is. And that might help you. And we ain't got time today, girl. We ain't got time today. 
but it'll help you if you go back and um, hit the little replay on that. But if you're going to lead how a wife is going to lead, she's going to help set the expectations in her home. Right. So how the kids are going to talk to you, how you expect them to respond to you, how you're going to respond to them, how you expect things to function and flow. You're going to set that expectations as the wife. Okay, you're going to set that even if you don't have children, your husband is going to respond to the expectations that are set. And usually we have not communicated expectations. So we're upset and saying, no, my Tamara, you don't know my husband. He doesn't listen to me. I'm here to tell you, you haven't communicated expectations. And I'm pausing for effect. Nothing's wrong with the equipment. We are still here. But you're probably like, but Tamara, I tell him all the time. I know. I know. So I'm about to give you some points on where you're going to lead because you're going to set the expectations, but this is how you're going to do it. This is how a wife leads. You're going to lead in communication. I know I just dropped a lot on you. I'm going to take you back to the garden. Who was doing most of the talking between Adam and Eve when they were discussing the fruit? Eve. She was saying how good the fruit was. Did Lord really say it? We don't know. Adam, you should try it. She was setting the temperature in her garden, if you will, right? She was able to communicate regardless of the outcome. Adam was able to um, consider what she had said and make his own decision. She didn't manipulate him. She didn't yell at him. She didn't force him. She didn't try to use sex to control him. No, 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 no. She communicated and he made his own self-decision. I know that ain't English, but he made his own mind up and said, I'm going to eat the fruit too, knowing what God had said. That's the power of communication from a wife. She has the ability to put, Ooh, I feel the anointing on this. She has the ability to put her husband at ease. Oh, mighty God. I could run y'all. Y'all don't understand. I'm recording this and I'm I'm just feeling all kind of Holy Ghost. The wife has the ability to communicate and put her husband at ease to where he's able to receive information from her, even though the Lord had already told Adam, don't eat the daggone fruit. But her ability to communicate, she used her authority as a wife to get him to consider ponder what she was putting on the table. So communication is not whining, nagging, or complaining or arguing. I'm going to say that again. Communication is not nagging, complaining, whining, or arguing. Most of the times, ladies, when we're communicating, it is in the heat of battle. Notice Adam and Eve were not arguing. They was having a good day. She had probably just gave them some. We don't know. Went over to the serpent and was like, you know what? I'm hungry. Let me go get me some fruit. I didn't took care of Adam. Listen, the water, the garden is already watered and tended to. Let me go over here and handle a little bit of this fruit. That's probably what happened. She was minding her own self business. They were not at odds. They were not in, you know, she wasn't mad at him. She wasn't on her period. She didn't even have a period, right? She wasn't on her time of the month. She was in the cool of the garden with Jesus. And Adam, you can't have a better situation, right? But she used communication to lead. So we cannot wait for the argument to try to communicate what we've been feeling for months, And then wait till there's a mess up to use it as evidence to build a case. You are a wife, not an attorney. It's not time for us to collect our evidence. And I'm saying this, ladies, because I'm one. 
we know the details. We remember details. Is it how God wired us? We are built that way. I'm going to remember what you said, when you said it, what you had on, the, the, um, the, the facial expression you had, who was in the room, who laughed, who didn't. I'm going to remember everything, right? Photographic memory. It's locked in. That is not for you to use it to build an evidence case against your spouse. That's not what that is for. It is for you to be an excellent communicator because you have all the facts, because you have the information, right? So if you know that you, let's say you want your husband to do a a task like take out the trash, that seems very simple, honey. I don't like the trash here at night. Could you please just take it out? You don't need to wait till the trash is not taken out in the morning to say, see, I told you, you never listen to me. You don't take out the trash. That never listen to me clause is really communicating some other stuff. It's really not about the trash. So he's going to think you're overreacting because all of that hostility that you're giving them at that moment over some trash is really not necessary. But what has happened is you have failed to communicate your expectations on something else that has happened. And now the trash can is the um, now the trash can is the final blow. Okay, so if you heard a little sound in the background, yes, I have an Apple Watch and I forgot to put it on Do Not Disturb and uh, Siri was trying to talk back to me. So if you heard it in the back, that's what it was. (laughs) I'm properly communicating. So she's talking to me. Okay, so that's what's happening, ladies. So we need to communicate our expectations and you're going to lead um, through communication. Here's one of the things you are probably the most gifted at communicating, right? That's going to be your forte. Not saying that um, our husbands are not great communicators, but God has gifted us with the ability to retain knowledge. This is why you have that photographic memory and you can remember what he said two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, when he said it, how he said it, did he mean it? You, you know, all of that. You are built and wired to harness information so that you can communicate. But here's the thing. When we set our expectations, you When you lash out in the argument, you know what expectation you're setting is the only time you're going to bring up stuff is when it's in the heat of battle. So you have literally established that as a way of communicating in your marriage. And that's why we argue continuously. This is why it seems like he never listens to me because the only time you voice a concern is in the heat of battle. That's not proper communication. I'm talking about on a date night. Let's do that. So How would you communicate your issues on a date night? Don't that sound like that's not the place to do it? It is. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how, though. Because, again, you are the expert communicator. So case in point, my husband um, is in construction. And I used to tell him when we first got married, I was like, honey, you are like such a construction worker. Even as it relates to complimenting me, you like blowing kisses. I feel like I'm walking down the street at a construction site and you whistling and all of that. That don't turn me on. I don't like that. Right. And he was like, really? You know, he was like, "Okay, I'll try it. And we were on a date night. And instead of using the opportunity to bring up him being the construction worker, when he did all of the things that I loved, I highlighted that. We think that communicating what we don't like is always pointing out what we don't like. How about you point out what you do like? 
That's the perfect way on a date night, honey. When you held my hand, oh my God, you made me feel like a queen. Honey, when you ordered dinner for us and picked out the wine or for my religious folks, whatever beverage choice on date night, I'm just telling you, I'm not having coffee on date night. It's going to be something else. But, you know, whatever they did, highlight that, reward them for those things. So now they understand you're setting expectations. This is what my wife likes. And this is what gets me the results that I want. I want to be appreciated. I want to be respected. I want to be acknowledged. So it's not always the negative Nelly, Nancy, you know, no, no, no. And even if he does remember to take out the trash, that's a moment to set expectations and communicate, babe, thank you. You know what? I was less stressful when I walked in and I saw that the trash was taken out. You don't understand. You know, that bothers me. Thank you so much for thinking of me. What? Set expectations. So he gets used to having communication with you on a positive note. Newsflash, they don't like to argue. They don't. Because they're not as cunning with words. You have a few out there. You have a few out there that can go with you toe to toe in some arguments. You got a few out there. But on the grand scheme of things, uh, the majority of men really don't want to argue, especially with their wives. Their home's supposed to be a place of peace. And I know you don't want to argue, but it's just because you have set the expectation of the only time you're going to hash out issues is during the heat of battle. And that's what we have to learn how to communicate when we're not under fire. Okay, when we're not under siege. Also, you're going to lead in your wisdom and your expertise. If you are better at doing something, why, oh, why, oh, why are you frustrated when your spouse is not quite there in that thing, but you want to force them because you feel like they should be helping you out? I just really think that that's unfair. And I'm getting on the wives because I am one. Um, my husband, he makes, uh, you know, great money as the construction uh, own, owner of the construction company. But um, he doesn't want to to balance the checkbook. He doesn't want to have to pay the bills. And there was one time earlier in our marriage, I was like, you know what? You just pay the bills. I'm too stressed out. I'm too stressed out. And I let him pay the bills. And when I was like, why something don't work? He's like, I forgot to pay the bills. You know, I don't like paying no bills, girl. Why did you give me this responsibility? And my myself. My, 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 my natural inclination was to complain and say, who don't know how to pay bills? Who, you know, this is where we want to go. And I had to realize that's not his strong suit. Right. And what I really needed to communicate is, honey, I'm having a stressful week. It wasn't that paying the bills were stressful. Honey, I'm having a stressful week. Can you alleviate something off of my plate? Here are the options and let them choose. That means you have to slow down and not be so quick to respond. This is your leading and your wisdom. This is the wisdom, right? We have the ability to slow it down, especially if you have children already, slow everything down and say, okay, what are we doing? Honey, I'm stressful. I really want to give up these bills, but I know I have to do them right now. I know that's not your strong suit, but can you pay the bills? Can you pick up the kids? Can you grab the groceries? Can you go take the dog for the walk? Can you clean the house? Can you wash the clothes? Um, Can you go buy dinner so we don't have to worry about that tonight? I'm just really, really stressed and give them the options and allow them to help you. Right. Now you're not in an argument. You didn't force them into a corner to try to perform to meet up to an expectation that you already knew that that wasn't their strong suit. Not that they're incapable, but it's just not a strength. And none of us like being put in a position where 
you know, we're forced to operate out of our strengths. I love talking to people publicly. Girl, this podcast, woo, it's stretching me because talking to a mic, you know, talking to and my producer, she keeps me, she keeps me going. She's amazing. And it's a stretch for me. So until it becomes my strong suit, I have to push myself. I got to really go. So think about that when you're looking at your spouse, you're leading in that. You're setting that expectation. So guess what? When you do this, when you do this, ladies, let me tell you how you about to set your whole household up. And I'm going to share something with you that the Lord shared with me. Um, because all of us want a praying man. Woo, yes, we do, girl. We want somebody that can call on the Lord, the name of the Lord, hold us up in prayer, be the priest of his own home. And we know in today's culture, the woman is still taking the lead role in the spiritual leader in the home. And I begin to ask the Lord, why is that? And he said, Tamar, it is because you are not setting the expectation and not leading in communication. And I said, expound. So the Lord began to show me, he said, how many times do you go to your husband and tell him your shortcomings, your issues, your fears, your faults? And some of you just cringed right now. Like, what? what uh-uh, uh-uh, girl, uh-uh, no. Because he's a part of some of them fears. He's a part of some of those issues. Here's the thing. If you're not willing to become vulnerable with him, This is a part of leading. You're setting that expectation. Remember, you set the temperature in your house. So if you become vulnerable, guess what? They become vulnerable. You can't expect them to be vulnerable and open up and why you won't talk to me. And really, the truth be told, you won't talk to them. You really don't. We really don't. Heat of battle conversations don't count. When I'm mad, don't count. When I anniversary time and I'm comparing because you didn't give me what I wanted, don't count. Those things don't count. I'm talking about waking up in the morning, knowing you're stressed about something and telling your honey, okay, bye. Okay, all right. I'll have a good day. And you know, you got something on your heart instead of coming up to me. Hey, can you pray for me today? Um, I'm really stressed out at work. I got a lot going on. Whether he prays for you right then or not, what you have just set is an expectation of vulnerability in your marriage. We set the expectations, ladies. And if we are not vulnerable, again, not whining, not coming with all the tears and all that communication, they need information so that they can process it. And unfortunately, they don't speak tears and they don't speak yelling. Okay, they need information. So imagine how you can shift the whole culture of marriage in your family, in your bloodline. If you start setting healthy expectations in your home, because that's how the wife leads. She's going to set those expectations and she creates the standard in her home. Believe it or not, if you don't say nothing. They'll keep continue to do it because they feel that this is okay. Um, Case in point, again, I have four children and two of them are boys. Two of them are girls. My oldest two are girls and they were easy peasy to raise in their like, you know, young ages. They were just nightmares as teenagers. I'm just saying (laughs) girls are just picky and that's a whole nother episode. But the boys are stinky, right? And so my son has this thing, both of my boys, where we'll be sitting watching a family movie and then all of a sudden you just smell something and you'd be like, ew, what is that? They would not say excuse me. And I literally called a family meeting about the public farts that were happening (laughs) in our home. I had to do it. Why? I had to communicate the expectation 
expectations. I know that sounds funny. And to some of you, you're like, oh, that doesn't bother me. That's fine. That's your expectation. But for me, I'm like, I think that's rude. And I want to train you to be gentlemen. When you have your wife, I don't want you doing this. Or when you're at somebody else's house, I don't want you embarrassing me. Okay, I want to train you that you need to get up and excuse yourself. Right. And if you can't say excuse me, at least warn us. And so we had that meeting. It was brief. It was quick. It was nothing long out, drawn out or dramatic. But that's one way I used my authority as a wife and a mom to communicate expectations. And so because me and my husband are co-leaders, guess what? He was able to say, you know what? Y'all know mom doesn't like that. Y'all need to fix it get it together and vice versa. You know, dad, if he comes home, this is what's going to happen to you. So let's fix it. We were able to co-lead our family because expectations were set. So these are ways you're going to lead ladies. Now, here's one of the things I want to talk to you about as far as leading as well is who you're not his mom and your spouse is not your child. It is a thing that I have said I'm guilty of counting my four children and saying, you know, I got five kids, counting my husband in as the child because I wasn't meaning it in a demeaning way. But I, you know, I serve his food. I make his plate. I love those things. I'm very domesticated and but didn't realize how that saying was prophesying over my marriage and diminishing my role as a wife because it put me from wife to mom. And I don't want to be my husband's mom. I want to be his wife. So you have to understand he's not the third child. He's not the fifth child. Okay. He's your husband and you are his wife. You're not his mom. You're not there to fix the problems. You're not there to do that. Even though a wife has a nurturing side, you're not his mom, right? You don't take care of him. You don't um, do those things as if he was your child. No, you are the wife. And there's a level of respect. There's a level of protection. And we all have our obligations and we can find them in the Bible. We ain't going to go there, but I'll break down a couple for you. Your husband is the protector, the provider, right? Um, He makes provisions. He's there to help um, assist you in loving him and loving the family and loving Christ. Same for you. You are there to help. You are there to undergird. You are there to encourage, right? That doesn't mean that you can't make less money or more money has nothing to do with that. Family dynamics are different. There was a season when I was making more money than my husband. And I didn't treat him any different because I'm not his mom. He's not my child. I'm not yelling at him. I'm not barking orders, any of those things, nor am I diminishing my role as a wife. I'm a co-leader in the family. If you call that man your child and you say, well, Miss Miss Tamara, you know, girl, you don't understand. He acts like a child. Well, you go and keep on confessing it. You keep prophesying. You keep speaking that over your marriage and keep calling yourself, keep calling your husband, the protector, the priest of your home your child and see how that profits you. We're going to lead by setting expectations. So if you want that things to change, you have to change the temperature, which means you have to set higher or different expectations in your home and say, this is not acceptable. And, you know, God will tell you how to set those expectations. I didn't want to get into that on this episode because each case is so different. Right. And so setting the expectation might be like, listen, 
I'm not doing the dishes. We got, you know, we're going to help. If I'm cooking, you're doing the dishes and you're going to communicate that. Not when you're mad, you're going to say, hey, honey, tonight, if I cook dinner, do you mind doing the dishes? And he might say, I'm tired. I'll do them in the morning. And you need to be okay with that. Okay. It's not when you want it done. Remember, he's not your child. So you don't tell him what to do, but you've communicated. And if he says, I'm going to do it in the morning, be okay with that. Relax. Co-lead together, right? That's how you're going to lead as a wife. You're not um, the babysitter. You're not the, you know, the mom. You're not your mom. Let's talk about that. Ooh, let's talk about that. You're not your mom. So the way your mom and dad do things does not mean that that's the expectation for your household. And the way your mother-in-law and your father-in-law do things is not the expectation for your home. Every family is uniquely designed. And when God put it together, it was not to mirror anything but his creation in the garden. That's why I use the example of Adam and Eve. Because if I did Sarah and Abraham, you'd be mad, some of y'all, because some of y'all don't want no kids, right? So I used from the garden that example. So you're not your mom and dad. You're not um, your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. You're going to lead by setting the expectations, setting the temperature in your home. You're going to lead in communication. You're going to lead in your wisdom, your expertise. What that means, you're going to add value to your voice as a wife. That's how you add value to your voice. When you nag, you complain, you devalue your voice. But to add value to your voice, you're going to be wise and know when to speak, when to to lay the argument on the table. Not saying you can't have tough conversations. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that sometimes it won't lead into some heated discussions. But it's how you're communicating it and it's your willingness to bring it to the table and to choose when and how some things might have to be tabled. Not everything is going to be solved in one day. Right. But that's the wisdom. That's how you lead. The third thing that I'm leaving you with this is your ability to troubleshoot and problem solve women, 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 women. Let me tell you something. I have been a single mom. I have been a divorcee. I have been, um, you know, a teen mom. I've been a second married mom. I've been a mom in a blended family. Um, I've kind of seen all the different dynamics. I'm sure that there's others, but I'm pretty versed. And when I tell you our ability to problem solve as a wife, sometimes your spouse, your husband just needs a head, a lap to lay his head on and let him talk. He doesn't need to hear you vent. He can't handle that, but he does need a place to vent. Um, If you don't believe me, check your Bible. Look at um, Delilah. What did she do for Samson? She created a nice, comfortable lap for him to vent and she found out his secret. Now, mind you, she bamboozled the brother, right? (laughs) She got him. But we can learn even from that story that she was so sensitive enough and she had enough wisdom in her to create an environment that made him comfortable enough to vent, to share the secrets of the heart. That is our ability, ladies, as wives, right? Not manipulation, but creating an environment that makes your spouse, your husband feel safe enough to convey to you, here's the secret to my my manhood. When I don't get respect, right, it burns me up. You know, when I, I was molested, we don't think that men have trauma. Men were molested too. Men were raped too. I know we don't believe this and we always think as women we're the only ones, but men have been violated, right? Men have been raped. They've been traumatized. They are affected too and they have daddy issues. They have mama issues. 
Do you know how many mamas make them the husband? How many mamas make them the man and make them grow up sooner? So you have to give yourself uh, some wisdom and some discernment as a wife. And that's how you're going to lead in that healing process, even for your spouse. I hope this makes sense to you because it was good to me. It was good to me. And so um, I told you I was dropping you some nuggets. I almost wanted to do like a part two because I was like, there's so much more. Because, again, we don't pray enough, I think, for our spouses. When we pray for our spouses, we pray that they're better husbands. But we never pray God heal them from their wounds. They never knew. They never saw anyone married. And I want them by osmosis to know it. But I want the grace to be a wife, but I want to extend the grace to be a husband. We have to lead as a wife and set that expectation that we extend grace to each other. The same grace I want you to have for me as a wife, I'm going to extend it to you as a husband. The same way I want you to pray for me, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, heal my husband. Like his dad abandoned him. His brother was shot. Uh, You know, his dad died of cancer or something happened to him. He didn't know his mom. He was a foster you, whatever the case may be. We need to be able to intercede for them and set that expectation that in this household, we extend grace. In this household, we have an open conversation about our wounds. We don't use them as weapons of warfare during heated discussions. You are the wife. You set that expectation, not the husband. Trust me, they don't they (laughs) not say that they don't know what they're doing, but they just like, what now? Tell me what you want me to do and I'll fix it. But. As the wife, we set the expectations, how we're going to communicate, how information is treated. You lead in that. So don't you throw that away by diminishing your role as a wife and making yourself a mom. Don't diminish his mom. Don't diminish it. Don't diminish your leadership role as a wife and make yourself his housekeeper, his chef, his cook, his, you know, his dry cleaners, his chauffeur. No, 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 no. Those are some things that we might have to do in the role, but those are not the role. I'm a co-leader and I set expectations as a wife. That's what we do. That's how you're going to lead as a wife. You set the expectations, lady. So I know you're probably like, ooh, girl, this was good. It was good to me too. I want you to let me know some feedback. I want you to tell me what you thought about it. Do you have questions? I'm sure... Now you have questions and each one you have your own unique scenarios. I know I would love to hear about it, though, um, because, you know, it's important that I make sure I cover the bases. I don't want you leaving this episode thinking, well, shoot, I have some unanswered questions. Not that I'll be able to answer all one million of you, but we will definitely do our best to try to do a topic or circle back around to this, maybe, um, and take some of your questions. So if you are saying, Tamara, girl, that's me. You know how we roll. That's me. I need you to tell me how you're going to not vent, but open up that door of communication. Maybe you go out on that date night and you just compliment him on how he held your hand. Um, Because, you know, that's a stereotype, too, that all they want to do is have sex all the time. Every time they touch you, they just want to have sex. But that's not true. Sometimes they just want to hold you. You know, they're in love with you, so they want to caress you. So maybe that's something that, you know, you take a picture of like, girl, we holding hands. Girl, that's me. I'm not venting. I'm communicating. You know, this would have normally made me mad, but I utilize this opportunity to build him up um, to lead in that way so I want you to put the hashtag that's me tag me on all your social media outlets I'm at Tamara Ellison inspires on Instagram Facebook I'm not on Snapchat Mm -mm. 
TikTok, go ahead and go on. Tamara Ellison inspires. Hashtag that's me. And let me know how um, you're going to not vent to your husband, but you're going to communicate. Or maybe you created a, a, you know, a unique way to be able to communicate the positive so that he'll have a contrast to the things that you don't like. Let's, let's use positive reinforcement. Let's lead as a wife. We can't drag them, ladies. I know some of you want to drag them into submission. Just listen to me. I know what I'm doing. And that might be true and it might not be true. But we're going to now go into our leadership role and lead by setting the expectation and leading by example. So hit your girl up on your social media platforms. And the hashtag is that's me. All right. And tell me how you're communicating with your husband. You're not venting. Right. That's what I want you to do. Now, what you need to do as well. I don't want you to just take it, you know, just to get a shout out, because what I'm going to start doing is shouting out those who do the that's me. I'm going to call your name out. Right. Uh, Because we want to give you your props for really going that extra mile on the that's me um, hashtag that we have going here. I really want you to create a moment of being vulnerable with your spouse. I'm really passionate about wives praying for their husband. A matter of fact, my ministry promise life actually started with three, two of my friends and myself praying for our spouses. That's how the ministry started. We were literally saying, girl, let's get together and pray for our husbands. And that's when the Lord gave me the revelation that you need to pray for them. Like you was praying for someone out on the street. Like if you were praying for somebody else, you're not praying for him to be a good husband because you don't even know what that is. (laughs) You don't even know what you need, honestly, as a wife. But you pray that God begins to heal him. You pray that God begins to fortify him. You pray that God begins to give you his heart for your spouse. So my call to action to you today is that I want you to tell me how you created a vulnerable moment with your spouse and asked him for prayer. No argument. No, you know, no tension in the home. It was something maybe that you were feeling or something in your heart. And ladies, don't use this to manipulate. Mm-mm. that's not what we're doing don't even try to well you know that time when you didn't let me see your cell phone uh-uh we're not doing that I want it to be genuine vulnerability of where you need to grow as a woman right or as a wife and ask him to pray for you he may have mentioned it maybe he said you know what when you're yelling at me because women be yelling too not just the men or when you cut me off I don't like when you cut me off why don't you walk up to him and say hey Honey, pray for me. I'm really working on not cutting you off. I really want that part of me to be healed because I want to respect you. I do respect you. And if that's hurting you, I don't want that. So can you pray for me um, today or right now? Create that vulnerable moment. And I want you to tell me about it. That's right. It might not be that deep. It might be just, you know what? Hey, honey, you know what? I'm vulnerable about my size. You know, I just had your child and now I'm not able to fit in that size. Two, three, ten, whatever size you were in before. And I was a little self-conscious about my body. And can you pray for me? Right. Or I just want you to help me. I want you to know. So if I'm turning the lights off when we're getting ready to have an intimate moment, I don't want you to be mad at me. Like create that vulnerable moment, right? We don't need to know all the tea, but I do want to know about it. And so you can tell the story, uh, maybe on your Instagram story, tag your girl at Tamara Ellison inspires hashtag team ready. Okay. And hashtag she leads 
period. That's period spelled out P E R I O D period spelled out. And I can't wait to go on the journey with you again. When you use the hashtags, ladies, I want to be on the journey with you. I'm not going to just have some team checking this, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, separate from me. Not that I'm going to be able to check everything, but I'm going to be very transparent with you. I want to get my eyes on it. I want to read the comments. I want to heart. I want to like back. I want to comment back to you so that we can go on this journey of leading and taking the lead together. All right. So you already know what it is. Make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss anything. Make sure you hit that. I don't know what platform that you're listening or downloading this podcast on, but share it with a friend. And make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. We keep them coming. We keep them fresh. We keep them relevant. But we definitely are going to make sure that you're learning how to take the lead in whatever area of life God has placed you in. You are called to lead, ma'am. All right. So make sure, again, do me a favor. Turn on those notifications for this podcast. So you'll know when we drop a new one, watch, go back and listen to some other ones, your favorite, and make sure you share with a friend and follow me on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok at Tamara Ellison Inspires. All right, y'all take the lead.